Hey everyone, later on in this podcast is a conversation I thoroughly enjoyed with loud and proud Filipino ESPN's Pablo Torre. Uh, more on him in a second. I absolutely love him and I really, really did enjoy and had a lot of fun recording uh, the episode with him. We recorded it a few weeks ago um, and I'll get to more on Pablo in a little bit. But in the meantime, I'm going to tell you a couple stories. Fair warning though, the next 10 minutes is political um, and it may be a conversation that you didn't come onto this podcast to hear. If that's the case, then you really have two options, which is skip ahead 10 minutes and get to the funny hahas with Pablo, or you stay. I mean, I implore you to stay. I implore you to listen, although this isn't the usual type of entertainment you get with us here on this podcast. But the way I see it is, if you're the type of person who's going to skip ahead and ignore um, you know, the conversation that allows us to have the freedom to have funny haha conversations on a podcast, then maybe this show isn't for you. All right, if you're still here, it's story time. I went to college at the University of the Philippines in Los Baños in the year 2006. Our batch would be the last before a system-wide tuition and other fees increase kicked in, raising the state university's matriculation exponentially for future fighting maroons. I was immediately made aware of this, it was a talking point that was hard to miss on campus. On my first week of class, sure enough, there was a demonstration, a protest right under the oblation statue, condemning and pushing back against the impending rise of tuition. As I was making my way through, Math 1 was waiting for me after all on the other side of campus, the voice on the megaphone said something that made me stop and think. Isipin niyo mga kapatid yung magiging isko o iska. Anong klaseng UP ang aabutan nila? I'm the eldest of four. I knew that my sister, two years younger, had UP dreams just like me. The tuition fee increase wouldn't affect me, no matter how long I would have stayed in school. I was already in. It was designed to affect those who were yet still on their way. I stood there among the crowd, hesitant, awkward. I didn't chant with them. I didn't have my own sign to raise. I was admittedly a little embarrassed and worried my fellow freshmen would see me and think of me as uncool or a bandwagon activist. It took all of me to raise my fist that day. My hesitation's too shallow and too superficial to even admit today. But I'm glad I missed Math 1. I'm glad I stood there that day and didn't walk away. The next day, I met her. The voice on the megaphone. It was the first day of, I think, Speechcom 1, and we were all supposed to introduce ourselves. Her name was Chaba Banez. She stood all of 4 feet 9 inches tall. Don't, don't let her trick you into thinking she's taller because she's not. In fact, she's probably shorter than that. She weighed 90 pounds, maybe, soaking wet, right after a buffet. Again, possibly even less. I'll never forget what she said. She went up to the front and said, Hi everyone, my name is Chaba. I just dropped three units boyfriend. I thought that was hilarious. Chaba would go on to be student council, chairperson, even student regent for the whole university. During my four years on campus, Chaba, small as she was, became our voice, our champion. This tiny young woman who joked about her breakup on the first day of class. She was our general. Later, in my college life, there was a new battle to fight. UPLB, in an effort to save resources, began toying around with the idea that certain courses were to be taught in a large class format. Big auditorium, 200 or so in a class. 
The students were against it. Most professors were, too. And so we walked out of classes, filled the university streets, and protested with all our might. I remember being near the front because I was early to the protest. I was eager to walk out of PI-100 because, well, it was PI-100. So I found myself near the front. I'll never forget being among the tallest people there. We weren't necessarily a tall campus around that time. Our starting power forward on the varsity team was 5'11", so you get the point. Anyway, I'm there, and I get handed a sign to raise, a placard. Chaba practically shoved it into my chest, almost commanding me. Iangat mo, Nico. Sayang naman laki mo. There's a photo somewhere on a newspaper's front page from that time of Chaba ripping out her vocal cords onto a megaphone and me behind her, raising the sign that she made. That year, as a response to what had been weeks of walkouts and protests, the school's administration responded by cutting electricity for the school's yearly highlight, the Feb Fair. It was a week-long series of concerts and performances on Freedom Park, LB's very own sunken garden. I was part of the Radio Oregon campus by then, and our job was to host the events. Except when we got there, there was no power, no lights, no microphones. There was a mandate too, go home or be detained. Anyone at fairgrounds would be considered protesters. Most people stayed, wondering what would happen next. I drew first shift that night and was given a megaphone to make the announcement. There won't be a Feb Fair this year, everyone back to their dorms. So I went on stage, flashlights from Nokia 1100s. You remember those? those little Nokias, you, you press the cancel button twice, the flashlight comes on. Anyway. Flashlights from Nokia 1100s staring back at me from the crowd. Good evening, everyone. My voice was cracking. To everyone here in the front, I'm sure you can hear me well. Now, it was at this point, megaphone in hand, that I decided to go for it. I mean, why the hell not? To everyone in the back, I'm sure you can't understand anything I'm saying right now because of this non-conducive learning situation, but later on, you'll be divided into smaller recitation classes where you'll be expected and tested to know things you weren't put in a proper position to learn. (laughs) Crowd goes wild. We stay there all night. Night one of that Feb Fair proceeded. No electricity, but plenty of power. I got into plenty of trouble too, but that's not the point. It was also at a Feb Fair where I first met Gang Badoy of Rock Ed. They partnered with our org and helped us bring bands to UPLB to perform, as well as spread the message of their advocacies. Our particular part of the program, it ran long. Way long. Someone with a clipboard managing the stage came up to me and my friend Kiko Galura, who now has gone on to become publisher of your favorite magazines and websites. I'm incredibly proud of him. But this clipboard person came to tell us that they were going to cut us off. No discussion, she said. They were going to turn off the mics, get our bands off the stage, and move on with the program. Kiko knelt on the grass, pleading. I was enraged because my friend's begging was being ignored, and I started yelling at this person and her dumbass clipboard. Gang stood there and could see and hear it all. How amateur we were, how ill-prepared we were to make a stand against authority to even buy an extra few minutes. She stood there, calm, regal even. I swear to you, to this day, when I think of Gang, I imagine her to be six foot six, just because of the way she commands any room or field I've ever seen her in. She joined our conversation, put her hand gently on the shoulder of clipboard lady, and with no condescension, she said, Friend, 
We all want the same thing. Trust me, it'll be worth it. Gang got us the extra 10 minutes we were begging and screaming for. The last five of which she spent on the microphone, talking to students in a way only Gang can. I'll never forget. She said, It's not about whether you want to protest or not. It's about whether or not, after seeing what's right or wrong, you will still allow wrong to happen. All of this is not an effort for me to say, hey everyone, look at me, I've joined protests before, therefore I have satisfied the wokeness quota and should be spared from any apathy criticism. No. In fact, this is a reminder to myself that I am capable of joining the fight in ways that maximize my strengths, be it my words, my height, or my good fortune to somehow, by accident, be in the same constellation as the chabas and gangs of the world. I have fought before, and therefore, I can fight again. Also, I used to not fight, was very shy about it, was hesitant to do it, until I wasn't. Point is, there is no prerequisite to fighting for what you believe in, whether it's your first time or your 100th. Every voice is needed. Every voice must be welcomed and empowered. It's a difficult time. A scary time. Pandemic notwithstanding, our very lives and freedoms are being threatened by forces who have shown zero shame or hesitation in oppressing the weak and silencing those that disagree. We're all now at a crossroads. Do you ignore the masses fighting for our mutual benefit and just go on to Math 1? Or you stay and you listen and you learn and you raise your fist in unison? Do we hide behind the comfort and privilege of, quote, not being affected directly? Or do we take the message of those with most to lose and use the height of our platforms to elevate their concerns, standing behind them and with them in power? When our brothers and sisters are on their knees begging but aren't being heard, will we be enraged? Will we fight to allow leaders with wisdom and strength and courage to be trusted when they remind us all that it will be worth it. This is a tribute to two ladies who taught me so much. This is a tribute to 18-year-old me. I want to be able to look at him and say, I didn't sell out, bro. I didn't get a job, make a little money, and forget. This is a promise to my 18-year-old son or daughter. I want to be able to look at them and say, I fought so that you may enjoy the freedom that I did and the freedom they tried to take away. I want to be as brave as I was when I was a kid. I want to be as brave as I need to be for my kids. It's not about whether you want to protest, or post online, or converse, or change the minds of your family and friends. It's about whether or not, after seeing what's so clearly right and wrong, you will still allow wrong to happen. Junk Terror Bill Now. My name is Nico Ramos. Welcome to the Call to Arms podcast. Something going on around the islands. Money flowing wherever I've been promised. Just another vacuum in the tropics. Taking over, trying to stop this snobbish. Make it kill it. I'm feeling conquer. I'm a dreamer. The floor is lava. Something going on around the islands. 
straight fire when we vibing, promise. All right, I promise you we're going to get to Pablo Torre in just a second. In the meantime, the Call to Arms podcast is made possible by the amigo Toby from HR. Original art is by Double T, Alan Martin, and original music is called Tropical Vikings by Careless Music Manila. Shout out to King Wow, Brett Jackson for hooking us up with the track. On to Pablo, who is representing us on the global sports stage uh, on ESPN. He is a writer and a TV show host and is one of the most insightful and downright funniest people covering sports today. Uh, we recorded this a few weeks ago um, before the, the tragic uh, murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis um, and before uh, the anti-terrorism bill was fast-tracked into Congress and into the Senate. Um, I wish to be able to get Pablo back on the phone to get his thoughts on these social issues both abroad and here in the Philippines. Um, but a little laugh or two here. A little reminder um, of what makes us proud to be Filipino and the people uh, we've produced and the people with our blood running through their veins shouldn't hurt us. So I hope you guys enjoy. Um, here's our conversation with ESPN's Pablo Torre. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we can't be any happier to, to have the man finally on the podcast. He is the one literally waving the flag on uh, yes. national TV in the U.S. for <laughs> us. Um, ESPN columnist, host, and uh, a brother of ours, Pablo Torre, all the way from the U.S. Pablo, thanks for making time. It's an honor. This is my first Zoom call with the Philippines. So this is history for me, man. I'm glad to be here. I'm I'm so happy to be speaking to you with what what is now to to many Filipino sports fans now a famous background um, because I feel like I feel like Lebatar and Mina are going to show up anytime soon or maybe <laughs> or maybe Chance the rapper who you happen to be boys with now apparently yeah I don't know if Chance would say that I'm boys with him but I would say that I'm boys with Chance <laughs> but it's funny man like since the pandemic which is I'm in New York, so it's it's changed everything, and it's horrible, and all of that sort of goes unsaid. But what's funny about it is that my living room turns out to be a television studio, and I was not at all preparing for that when I ended up getting and raising and growing like you know a zillion plants. <laughs> so it's just funny that yeah, some portion of the world gets to see like a place that. None of my friends have really even been to because I just moved here recently um, and we just had a baby. And so this is a weird thing where like, yeah, people across the world can be familiar with like the, the baby sort of swing that Violet, my daughter, uh, sort of plays in in the background there. And, and, and is it common for you as it is with many households all around the world now where whatever it is in your background now just becomes off limits to the rest of your family while you're doing stuff? Of course, because because the, the living room the living room is is a significant place to kind of make your mark and mark as your territory. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, my wife is incredibly um, generous on this front. You're right to suspect that this is a two bedroom apartment in New York. Um, we lived in a one bedroom before we moved here, so I'm just glad that we got here before all of this stuff went down. But yeah, I mean, my wife and my daughter are currently like in the furthest bedroom in the back there being very, very compliant, which is 
which is a blessing. But where, where are you in your place? I want to know more about all of the boxes and shoes and decorations behind you. I, I, I live by myself, but um, I recently got engaged. So my, my congratulations. Fiance, thank you. Whenever it is we do um, get married. So that's been pushed back. But um, she said that, hey, if you're going to do this whole podcast thing and stuff like that, and I can't be moving around, it better be someplace where, you know, I, I don't have to I don't have to avoid and stuff like that when I eventually do move in. So I'm in a shoe closet. I respect it. And in fact, I've, I've done a little bit of experimenting and I don't think uh, it's necessarily the best visually, but I, I recorded some audio stuff from inside of a closet and it sounded so much better, honestly. Like the closet actually might be the ideal setting for this, but yeah, man, like this is going to be a situation where at some point when my daughter learns to walk and we're still doing this. Oh, you're going to be that yeah. guy. I'll be that guy. Absolutely. I have never had more empathy for that guy than I, than I do. And we don't even need to say who it is because we all know. Yeah, we all know who it is. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to get to this. I, I know you've probably uh, you know, talked about this before or possibly uh, are uncomfortable talking about yourself this much. But, you know, sorry, man, we're, we're going to have to do it. We're, we're extremely, obviously, so proud of you. Um, anytime you know we, we watch you on TV or on YouTube and stuff like that, I Thank was looking. You, I was looking you up. I was doing the creepy stalker thing um, when when you said you'd do the podcast, and mm. I, I got to because I'm a journalist. Um, I go to the Wikipedia page because that's where <laughs> all the facts are, and I was reading it. And take no offense at this, but I was like, this can't be real. This has to be the most cliche Asian kid in the state story. <laughs> I've ever seen, I was like, did this guy really go to Harvard and graduated like magna cum laude from Harvard? And I was like, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 10 times more impressed by you. I'll say that. But also, I mean, wow, you, you, you got the script and then you just ran with it, huh? No, no, no changes to the script until, until after school. <laughs> no changes in the script until I decided to do this job, which was a massive massive change in a script that honestly kind of refuted the rest of the need for the previous script. <laughs> like, I don't know if, if anything that I did in college um, necessarily uh, fed directly in any pipeline way to what I do now. But, but yeah, man, my, my mom and dad from the Philippines immigrated here to New York City, to Manhattan in 83. And so I was the first one in my family born in the States and they're doctors. And so I was immediately on the program of academic achievement and, and trying to be a doctor. I dressed as a doctor for Halloween for many years, <laughs> um, which is sad. Uh, although that's, not now, a, that's not a Halloween costume. <laughs> no, because I was just, I was repurposing their scrubs and I had, like, I was, I was wearing masks. Well, at least you wore scrubs. At least you wore scrubs. I thought you just wore like a nice button down with a tie and a stethoscope because that's just, that's not a oh, costume. That's, that's Sunday church wear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did have a fake like doctor ID that I copied from my dad's uh, hospital ID. It was, it was, it was pretty legit, honestly, thinking back on it now, but but no, I was, I was planning to go do that. And then it was go to law school and do something very academically rigorous and oriented. Um, so yeah, no, this is, I am, I'm an enormous uh, first generation American Filipino nerd. I mean, that's, that's what brought <laughs> me here, which, which does not come up a ton in so far as like, uh, 
you know, I'm not talking about that a ton on air, although people like to make fun of me for it and I gladly feed into it then. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny thing how I wound up on ESPN. You're, you're obviously a, a child of a very intelligent parents. Your, your, your dad is now, um, I think, known around the world as the LeBron James of urologists. <laughs> By the way, we- no, 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 no. To be clear, he is the LeBron James of Filipino urologists. Oh, there you go. I can't, I can't <laughs> speak for all of the urologists. I can only speak for our specific demographic, Nico, which I feel like I can, I can proclaim. This is like one of those James Harden records where... People who try to sell me on his MVP case start saying that he has the most points when he dribbles left using his right hand in the second quarter with eight seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah, that's right. This is, uh, this is a, a statistical accomplishment that has only been accomplished by 17 other players in the month of June right. uh, when they're playing on the road against teams with centers under six foot ten. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, there, there you got a you got a lot of you got a lot of the genes, obviously, and then you worked very hard in school. But I, I much like almost any Filipino you'll meet, have family in the U.S. and you know they have kids there. They're having the same experiences you experience. And I asked some of my cousins or my my nephews and nieces, you know, how they're how they're doing with school and stuff like that. And they always say they're they're doing well. And then they say. It, there's kind of pressure because if you're Asian, you they just expect you to be smart, and so I just I guess I got smart because you know they they expect me to be smart. Um, was was that the experience uh, growing up for you? Yeah, I mean certainly. Um, that's part of the stereotype, and it's funny, man. Like being in the U.S. and thinking about being Filipino, it. it, it and where we fit into the, as I have begun to call it, the diaspora of, of Asians oh, in the Asians. world, of Asian Americans in the world. Um, it's funny because I have been blown away by how few people know anything about the Philippines. They um, know random stuff. Totally Like just totally obscure stuff. random things. Yes. And one of those um, things that's so funny is like, number one, there are so many Filipinos in America. I think if you go statistically, like however many people there are, we can look it up later, or you can Wikipedia this or whatever, but it's crazy. Like it's way more than you'd think. Um, more than a lot of the other, dare I say, bigger brand name Asian countries. Um, but millions upon millions upon millions of Filipinos are here. But, you know, my name is Pablo Torre. And so people are like, wait a minute. And they're looking at me and they're like, but you have a Chinese <laughs> face and a Mexican name. And I'm like, you're actually beginning to describe the Philippines and colonialism and all of these amazing uh, historical things that formed um, our ancestral homeland. So, so it's been interesting to be recognized as a Filipino because I, I am so grateful when that happens. And I have an amazing story about that, actually, that, that, now that I am, I'm going to brag a little bit because... Go for it. So many people, when they see me on ESPN, they literally say, who is this Chinese guy with the Mexican name? Um, many people <laughs> um, either think I'm Chinese or they think I'm Mexican and they don't really get it. But I remember uh, I was doing PTI with Tony Kornheiser in Washington, D.C. Um, and I got a call from him. This is a Friday. I got a call from him later that day. I had gone back on the Amtrak to New York. And Tony Kornheiser, one of his many distinctions in life is that he plays golf with Barack Obama quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. 
This is famously a thing. Like he is maybe the number one private citizen who has played golf with Obama. And so he plays with Obama. And so the day of our last show, I'm filling in for Will Bond. He's playing golf with Obama. And Kornheiser calls me up later that day. And he says, just played golf with the president. And the first thing he said to me, because he had watched PTI that day, as he often does, he goes, Pablo Torre, is he Filipino? And I want wow. that question. I want that question on my tombstone. Oh, I wow. want that tattooed on my body, not just because Barack Obama precisely diagnosed my ethnicity, um, but because that's so rare. I mean, it, it, I, I, disappointingly rare. So the fact that that dude got it right, I, I, I mean, it's just the greatest anecdote anyone has ever told me. Uh, so shout out to him. Couple of things from the story. I love how Kornheiser, shout out Tony Kornheiser, like one of the goats, right? I yes. love, and there's no other way for him to say it, but I love how he just goes, hey, so just play golf with the president. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, he's, 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 that he is, he is the, he is my goat. Um, and yeah, he just does it a lot. And it's funny, man, Wilbon and, and Kornheiser both know Obama Reality and Wilbon and Kornheiser have been invited, had been invited to the White House and visited with him and all that. And Wilbon is the type of person who will decline to play golf with Obama mm -hmm. because Wilbon's too cool and Wilbon goes back with him to Chicago and like there's a whole yeah. thing and Wilbon is Wilbon. Wilbon's boys with Jordan and Magic yeah. and Barkley and Tiger and, and all that. And so he'll say no to the president, but Kornheiser goes every single time to the point where like, yeah, this is a casual anecdote for him. I love that part. And I love also how, obviously, how the, the Barack impression is so good, which, <laughs> which tells me, <laughs> which tells me there is no functional use for a Barack Obama impersonation for you in your profession, even though you, you guys, whether it was High Noon or, um, you know, HQ Now or whatever it is that, that you personally do, which is always so creative and so outside just the usual box of sports coverage, there's still no functional use for a good Obama impersonation. So that leads me to conclude, you only have such a good one because you've told that story a bunch. <laughs> That's correct. That you is 1 million on percent it. correct. In fact, my Obama impression, if you were to ask me to say literally one thing. more word, it falls apart completely. That's all I got. That is all I got. I knew it. I knew it. Um, and also, you know what's going to happen now. You know what we're going to do, right? You know how anytime a player says something, um, it goes and gets it goes and gets picked up by all of these blog boys. Yes, the aggregation. Yeah, yes. The, yeah, it's going to get aggregated. I'm going to go and get Obama's photo from the inauguration, where there's like a, a <laughs> just a sea of people all around him in Chicago. I'm going to get that photo. I'm going to put the quote right beside it. <laughs> Pablo Torre, is he Filipino? <laughs> and then right at the bottom, H underscore T, heard through Pablo Torre on the Call to Arms podcast. Oh, that's great. And, and please do that. Yeah. Please, and, and please do that. I'm going to do it for the 55 likes that it's going to get. <laughs> oh, my God, man. That, don't, don't sell yourself short. Uh, my burner accounts, my burner army will be out in full force liking that, smashing that like button. Hey, your burner accounts are gonna have to do a whole lot of work in the coming years because two of our guys, and these are, well, one of them is legitimately homegrown, um, and the other mm -hmm. one's gonna be a number one pick. 
Um, Jaylen Crazy, Green, dude. I saw they're going to be teammates. And I was asking this. I was like, the NBA is pretty smart. Um, I think Adam Silver is like one of the just smartest people we have in charge of anything anywhere in the world right now. But do they know what's going to happen with this? With this, <laughs> like, are they ready? I know that there's not going to be crowds anytime soon. But as soon as they green light that, are they ready? They put two Pinoys on a Southern California G League team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my favorite. My favorite part about this, man, is that they are not ready. They are not. <laughs> they have no idea now, what's going to happen. I, I think they're aware that basketball in the Philippines is, is religion. I think they get that. But the magnitude is going to blow them away. And that's because people still don't appreciate how, how much ball really is life. Right. Filipinos. They, don't, they, don't, they will appreciate, but they don't yet. Not to this extent. And I think to your point earlier, they think of us as, oh yeah, Philippines in Southeast Asia, they're great. Our social numbers just blow up. We always get surprised uh, for, you know, with, a, with the engagement we get from the guys mm-hmm. in the Philippines. Those people are also in New York, in LA, in any small or large city. Daily City is practically yes. like under the Philippine government. <laughs> if, we wanted to, if we wanted to liberate Daly City from the United States and claim it as our own, we'd have a solid chance at it. And those people can now drive to watch two Filipinos, one of whom's a seven-footer, and the yes. other is a number one pick on the same team against other G League players. This is, this is bonkers. There's no way prepared for this. It's crazy. And yeah, Daily City, by the way, thank you for shouting them out because people don't realize this. Daily City knives are banned. You go to a restaurant, it's only uh, fork and spoon. You know, uh-huh. it's real Filipino. Like, you don't need, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the, the thing about Daily City and, and the Bay Area and California in general, I mean, I remember talking to my friend Ethan Strauss, who covers the Warriors. Uh-huh. And before all of this good stuff happened to the Warriors before Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant and all that. Um, there were just Filipinos at Oracle. Oh, you mean before they night, raised ticket prices? <laughs> before they were priced out by Silicon Valley, Filipinos were absolutely mobbing Oracle Arena every night was Filipino Heritage Night. That's what the Warriors fan base at Oracle really was. And so the fact that obviously LA, um, the West Coast, I mean, this is, first off, so how familiar are you with Jalen or Kai? Because I want your scouting report because I've been asking around, especially recently, but I want to know what you think about these guys. Oh, Jalen's, I think if Jalen drops outside of the, Outside of the top two picks, I think it's insane. I think yeah. I, I, I don't care who has the pick by then, um, but I, I think he's really otherworldly. I think obviously, I think in like lines of sneakers, I think he's signature sneaker athlete level. I think wow. he's going to be that. That would be that yeah. would be. I mean, I, I I hadn't even thought about the sneaker implications. Of course, you have, but dude, if there's like a Filipino signature shoe effectively that's that that's that is bonkers man i didn't even yeah. think about that <laughs> yeah i mean if if he goes like if he goes and signs with nike there's gonna be like a nike jalen one and that's like that's gonna be insane kai i know him personally he he's played on our like rising stars game for for slam philippines a couple of years that's kind of like uh our mcdonald's game here 
obviously the height, the skill is there. It's just the physique is, is going to take some time to develop. So, you know, he's got the right attitude though. He's like, he's saying, I'm not going to be like Jalen, be in here for a couple games and then go straight to the draft. He's gone on the record to say, if it takes me two years or three years in this program, then that's what it's going to take, um, you know, before he gets that call up. But you know, he's, he's our best shot at a homegrown guy. Although yeah. we will not hesitate to claim Jalen, um, because one, he's actually been here and has played here. And that's to right. me, that's enough. To me, that's Yo, enough. That's so much. I mean, when the Philippine Congress enacted legislation to make Andre Blotch a citizen, like, you know, we, we, we set the bar pretty clearly right on the ground. So if you can just, like, hop over that, um, we'll take you. So the fact that Jalen Green has done all that, you know, and, and acknowledges it and, and I hope and continues to rep it. Like, yeah, man. But Kai, I, I am, Kai's the one I'm more worried about both because of the prospect sort of stock that you describe that discrepancy, but also because he's a big man and I want him to be healthy and I want him to develop and I want him to be realistic about his timeline. But it sounds like based on what you're saying that he is, which is great. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got his whole family there with him in true Pinoy fashion. Um, one goes, everybody goes. Um, so yes. I have my fingers crossed and, you know, we're pulling for him. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about this, this NBA scenario um, with the, the Disney World bubble. Oh, I'm sorry, campus. I think the correct language right. that the league wants us to use is campus. So it sounds safer and much more <laughs> pleasant and less like Jake Gyllenhaal uh, in the movie. Um, That's right. So I have a couple of practical questions with, with, with the campus, um, outside of keeping everybody safe and healthy and stuff like that. Um, at the very, very top of it is, uh, how do I phrase it? What's a female companionship um, rule going to be for if it's 20 teams? What, the 12 teams, <laughs> 12 guys per team? <laughs> What's, how's this going to go down? Yeah, this is a lot of... Uh... There's going to be a lot of DTRing, as the kids say, a lot of defining the relationship. And that's not a thing that NBA players as a class of people in general are inclined to do. Uh, but yeah, there's and, and there is good and bad here, because on the one hand, right, like I can imagine. I'm not going to name any superstar by name. James Harden. Excuse me. Um, but a single superstar who has his pick of of companions, right? Like, I think you probably spin this as saying, man, it's gonna be so horrible. It's gonna be a bubble. Forget that campus talk. It's gonna be a uh, lockdown. It's gonna be dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. And so you cannot join. I think that's the pitch to them. Mm -hmm. um, but what's funny about this is that like, it is at Disney World, <laughs> you know, know. like, <laughs> It's the happiest place on earth at the same time. It is also a place you definitely don't want to join me at. Uh, but but it's, it's funny, man. I mean, look, I work for ESPN, which means I work for Disney. And when I walk into Disneyland or Disney World, as has happened before, they say, they scan my uh, employee ID and they say, welcome cast member. As oh, if I'm wow. going like, to oh, go get in my you know, goofy suit and start <laughs> handing out like turkey legs to, to Disneyland um, patrons. But no, that's the kind of thing. So look, I have a massive conflict of interest in terms of like how I'm rooting for this for all sorts of reasons. Sure. I do hope obviously the rigor of this and the science of this is, is foremost, but, but it's funny. Like you win the Super Bowl, 
you say, I'm going to Disneyland or Disney World. <laughs> you win the NBA Finals, you say, I'm getting the f out of here. I'm, I'm gone. Please. I'm so I'm excited for this experiment. I hope it continues. And that's my fear, right? Like my fear is, and this is the fear of everybody in this country and across the world is there's another wave that disrupts it. Like the worst thing to happen from the logistics perspective, because we're, we're going to be prepared, I think, for a positive test. Like that's not going to shut down everything. Sure. Um, they're going to That's have one of the things they pointed out. They're like, hey, let's be ready. We're going to get a positive test. Be sure not to shut everything down once that happens. Yeah, it's smart. It's inevitable. And, and, and obviously the Rudy Gobert example, like that was the beginning of this is the idea. And now we have ways to quarantine and test. And those are uh, essential to all of this. Um, but, you know, if there's an outbreak, then all of this is, you know, all of this is, is, is not only uh, over, but one of the worst ideas imaginable. You know, like it, we will judge this by the result as opposed to the process. As I say with the 76ers, right? You trust the process, mm -hmm. you, you make this as, as rigorous and as smart as you can, but let's be realistic. We're only gonna judge this based on the result. And the result in this case, we're talking about ben the, the actual- the wrong That's right, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, we just want we just want uh, the physicians and the medical experts here to be draining jumpers so that we can all feel good about ourselves. Yeah, and and you know I'm 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 also super curious. Disney World, they're all there, 24 hours. They turn on the rides. Like, what what what's that look like? By week two, if if you're Damian Lillard, if say for example they get in the playing tournament, do him and you know your kids, uh, you know what? Let's just go on the ride again. And then they're just sitting there on the ride, just the two of them going round and round. If it comes out to like, it's, it's the finals, there's two day breaks. You now only have two teams in the entire Disney world. And then, you know, Le LeBron and Giannis are just like, Hey, this is the map. They take out the big map of Disney world. They draw a line and like, okay, you in the bucks, you stay here. There's no way you guys are going into like the scary house. That's, that's just ours right now. Javel sleeping there. That's right. That's right. Um, they're going to have like, yeah, the nuggets, like you guys get the teacups. <laughs> that, that's for them. Um, Mr. Toad's wild ride is just the Clippers. And meanwhile, LeBron's going to be trying to assemble the Lakers for a game and he's going to have to go retrieve an incredibly stoned Dion Waiters from Space Mountain, which he's been I riding repeatedly I by himself over and over again. As, as, as a Laker fan, a diehard Laker fan, surprise, a Filipino Laker fan. I, know, I was going to say, yeah, that's shocking. <laughs> um, I was actually born in L.A., so that's uh, I'm not as cliche. Uh, but <laughs> no, who am I kidding? Um, but I completely forgot about the whole Dion thing. Is there still time to cut him? Can we change the rules? Like, can, can we trade him for just a How test, like a PPE? <laughs> can you trade him for a couple of n95 men yeah. uh, how many n95s do i get how, if dion is on your roster how dare you i mean dion waiters i i am so excited for him to be back and i'm excited i mean lebron does this thing it, and it's and it's on the one hand totally inexplicable but on the other hand so absolutely part of his pattern of social behavior that he just likes playing on teams with these jesters, with these dudes who are liable to, I don't know, cause you to 
point at them with both hands as the clock is draining because they're doing the opposite thing. Like the J.R. Smith memorial spot on the roster. I mean, Deion Waiters is now that guy. The Michael Beasley spot on the roster. I mean, it, it's amazing. Didn't they pick up like Larry Sanders after Larry Sanders quit the NBA to what was it to rap? Um, and then oh, Larry Larry Sanders is his own rabbit hole, man. I don't know. I don't know if LeBron ever got on the same squad with him, but I think Larry they picked Sanders him up for like last two games or something. He tried. He tried. You have a point here. The human rehab machine that is that is LeBron James. <laughs> You've restored faith in me. All right, we can we can we can. Yeah, we, he's, he, we can still win he with He knows what he's doing. That's right. right. He, knows, okay. he knows what he's doing. And if you don't win with him, you will have a meme in which you will curse his name forever. So either way, uh, we win. The NBA win. <laughs> Either we win. We'll, we'll trap him in one of the rides um, when, when, <laughs> when the gummies start to kick in. Um, okay, so me and Toby, who, who produces this podcast and, and is extremely good at it, um, we've kind of been toying around with this idea. I was toying around with the idea of, you know, asking you, you know, you, you're, a, you're a Filipino in, in the United States. You see this large pop culture landscape, whether it's sports, entertainment, and things like that. And we used to always have a champion. Like, we used to just always have someone there that... If people see you and they ask you, are you Chinese or are, are you Mexican? Are you Spanish? What are you? And then they say you're Filipino. And then when they say, where's that? Or what's that? We've always had just like Manny Pacquiao, right? Yeah. Or just like the Miss Universe who won this year. That's, that's me. That's where I'm from. Toby kind of expanded it and said, you know what? Let's make a sweet 16. Let's, let's just Ooh. do this. Let's blow it out. So we're gonna do. We're gonna fast track the Sweet Sixteen of uh, <laughs> what, what what Toby likes to call the Lou Diamond Phillips replacement bracket. <laughs> A quick backstory for you. I'm the not Bamba sure. bracket, of course. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know this, right? But um, a few years ago, the Philippines, as a country, as a country, we were bidding for the rights to host the 2019 FIBA World Cup. We famously lost that bid. It went to China, and it was the Chinese who got to watch Team USA play seven. Um, but that could have been us. <laughs> that could have been us. They did this whole like live streamed. Uh, all the finalists, all the countries that were finalists, had I think fifteen minutes to present a bid. This is hand to God a true story, as if it were a thesis presentation or a show and tell for class. <laughs> You get 15 minutes, you can get you know, audio, video, China brought in Yao Ming, they won. Um, and you can do whatever you want. So we went and put up all the video and stuff like that. Um, you know, most passionate fans in the world, basketball is life, you know, Filipinas basketball country, whatever it is you want to say. And then someone got the bright idea. We need someone who's famous to everybody, world famous. Of the many celebrities that we've claimed out there who are part Filipino, we need one of them. They went and got Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> wait, did he? So, wait, and he did it. He agreed. Yes. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh, my. That's oh, incredible. Oh, you that, need that's this. incredible. That's oh, incredible. Oh, you need this. Um, 
I'm, 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 I'm paraphrasing here, which is a disservice to, to Mr. Diamond Phillips. Mr. Phillips, <laughs> is Diamond part of the last name? No, I don't care if it's Mr. Phillips. We're definitely calling him Mr. Diamond Phillips. Okay, Mr. Diamond Regardless Phillips. of his preference. I, I, I apologize if I'm getting this wrong, but what he was promising to FIBA, to the world uh, basketball authorities, was he was saying, look, our advanced infrastructure is in place. And as he said that, even as someone who was rooting for him, I go, mm, don't leave that, dude. <laughs> don't, don't leave it that. And then he said, however, it's really the intangibles of the people. And I'm like, all right, we're back on track. We're back on track. And then he says something like, you could hold this somewhere else, but it will not deliver the quantum leap that our game can take if you hold it in the Philippines. And then I was like, I now feel bad that the Warriors owners get so much for the light years ahead comment <laughs> when we said it first because Lou Diamond Phillips promised a quantum leap in the game of basketball if we hosted the World Cup. Um, but need needless wow. to say, supposing we have to bid for something, anything again as a country and as a nation, we have Ooh. to present a PowerPoint presentation to somebody, we got to do a little better than Mr. Diamond Phillips. So... <laughs> Here's a 16-person bracket. Please. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you through this. Um, I'll tell you right now who the people are, and they're seated 1 to 16, as, as right. proposed by some of how we, we're going to do the NBA playoffs. The top seed is Manny Pacquiao. Two seed, Bruno Mars. Three seed is Pia Wurzbach, Miss Universe, mm. former Miss Universe. Four seed is Catriona Gray, the other Miss Universe that won a couple years after her. <laughs> the five seed is Joe Coy. Yep. The sixth seed, do you know Bretman Rock? Ooh, wow. I, I, this is the first time anyone has asked me if I know if a person is Filipino and I don't. Oh. And, and congratulations um, on being that person for me, but it's an honor to be befuddled. Who is that? Oh, Bretman Rock is a young social media superstar. And he's extremely funny. Um, he does his own makeup. He has a legitimate, James Harden would enjoy this, um, stripper pole in the living room of their house, like Great. in the family room. Um, in. And then he, he, he calls himself the science oh, bitch okay. sometimes. You, oh, you know Bretman Rock. I, so so I, just, I just Googled. And yes, I have seen Bretman Rock many times. Never knew the name Bretman Rock. But yes. Absolutely. He's a six seed. Uh, seven seed is Nicole Scherzinger. What's the yeah. ruling here? How Pinoy is she? She counts. She, she counts. counts. I, I yeah. I, again, I, I'm not one to set the bar too high. Um, she <laughs> yeah. counts. Yeah. <laughs> after after Blatch, everybody counts now. Um, <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, though I never actually confirmed. It, there's two articles on the internet, so I count that she bumps up to an eight <laughs> seed because she may or may not have been dating Cal Kuzma. Um, Lea Salonga, right. Lea Salonga, the famous, famous Broadway and Disney superstar is a nine seed. Um, the 10 seed is uh, Haley Steinfeld. Um, yep. Number 11 seed is Darren Chris. He's got a new Netflix mm -hmm. show as well. Uh, the 12 seed is, my name is Nico Ramos. And when this person kind of exploded onto the scene, onto Crazy Rich Asians, people would always, expect that they'd get a call or or an interview request from nico santos and they got so excited <laughs> and then realized it wasn't nico santos it was just nico ramos and then they'd cancel he's a 12 seed 
At number <laughs> at number 13, we have Jordan Clarkson. When you play in Utah, you kind of get out of sight, out of mind. Number yeah. 14 is Rob Schneider. Um, Jacob mm. Batalon is uh, oh, I know, uh, number I know, 15. I know, of, I know of Jacob well. Love Jacob. Jacob Batalon, the uh, Peter Parker's best friend, is number 15. That's right. And and the amigo, um, Toby from HR, who produces this podcast, insisted, insisted that the number 16 seed go to the Ewoks from Star Wars. <laughs> because apparently there is a scene in Star Wars where the Ewoks say two or three Tagalog words. I've, I've, heard, of, I've heard that exact legend of the Ewoks. He showed and me the... I, <laughs> I saw does the it video. stand up to scrutiny. Yeah, well, does it actually does it count? I was I was not impressed, but he he produces the podcast, and I just do what he says. <laughs> All right, okay. So, uh, man, wow. If I, I okay, so please continue before I bulldoze no, is, is, through. Is there, with... is, is there anyone on here where, uh, off the top of your mind, I know I put you on the spot, but is there anyone on here you're like, I can't believe you. How dare you leave this person off? Yeah, there are a couple, um, a couple. So one of them, and I don't know if, 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 you know, Guardians of the Galaxy or wrestling or these things are very big oh, in your neck of the woods, no, but Dave Batista, man. Oh, we missed out Batista. on Batista. Batista is, is, is out here. He is, he is, his platform is large. And I, I yeah, that guy immediately, I think is, I, I would say Batista's a top five seed somewhere. Oh, I, I, I would go as far to say that. Let's do this. Let's do this. Because it was egregious of us to, to forget Dave Batista. I'm penciling him in <laughs> as the person who gets to stand next to this person um, when we give our PowerPoint presentation to win something. So Batista I think that's, that's automatically, um, he, he's too good um, that we're not putting him in. Is have I gotten away with it? Have I BS my way through this egregious <laughs> mistakes? Somewhere Dave Batista is listening and he's just oh, so sad. Oh, he's going to Batista bomb me. Uh, I'm, so <laughs> I'm so scared. Okay. Um, I, I want to breeze through this. Uh, first round, Manny versus the Ewoks. Yeah, I mean, with all due respect to the Star Wars universe, and I'm somebody who is a diehard, and again, I'm a Disney employee. You got to go with Manny. Manny, go with Manny. Man, see, this would have been a runaway Manny win this entire thing a few years ago before, you know, obviously he's a little older as a boxer and then the, the, the politics kind of complicate things. Yeah, yeah, I'm sad. I, I spent, I mean, Manny was the first story I ever wrote for Sports Illustrated. I pitched him. He's the first feature I ever did was before he fought David Diaz, before he was a real like famous dude. I spent time with him and embedded and used my ethnicity for the first time to journalistic <laughs> advantage. As I was, as I was uh, embedded in a an entourage of fifty Filipino dudes, I was I, I was blending in. I, I was such a I was such a Manny fan, and you know how if you love someone who's an athlete, you say blank for president. I've said you know like Kobe Bryant for president. I've said LeBron for president. So before when he would fight and would win, I used to say Manny for president. Now I regret going on the record to say that because he's actually running for president most likely because he listened. He yeah. listened to you <laughs> and, and too many people like us. Yeah, it's my exactly. fault. All right. Um, <laughs> let's try to do this as rapid fire as we can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vanessa Hudgens, Leia Salonga. Leia Salonga, no doubt. Oh, Leia is through. Sorry, baby V. Um, Catriona Gray versus Jordan Clarkson. This is a four versus 13 seed, but I smell upset. 
Yeah, I got to give it to Jordan Clarkson. And I, I don't rep him enough. Um, and so this is my way of apology. Yeah, I'll get you your Jazz jersey. I know you've always wanted one. <laughs> um, Joe Coy versus Nico Santos. Oof. Uh, love Crazy Rich Asians, but Joe Coy is a monster right now. Joe is through. He, he's got a new special coming out June 12th, Independence Day. On to the other side of the bracket. Uh, we got Bruno Mars versus your boy, Jacob Batalon. Woo! Jacob, I'm sorry. I want, to, I want to hug him like Peter Parker hugs him, but Bruno Mars, man, I want to ride that man into, the, into, into space. That's Bruno a, Mars. That's forever. a Pinoy, Pinoy, Pinoy singing at a Super Bowl. Like, you know how many people yeah. didn't understand what was happening in the Super Bowl, then just watch for halftime because it was Bruno Mars? And he was awesome. And, and he, he was, was awesome. Awesome at it. Yes. Um, Nicole Scherzinger, Haley Steinfeld, pop star battle. Mm. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Steinfeld. Oh, that's a 10 seed upsetting a yeah. seven seed. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um I got Pia Wurtzbach, uh Miss Universe versus Rob Schneider. Pia Wurtzbach. Rob Schneider, man. I appreciate what he's done for <laughs> our people, but he has he's gone off the deep end, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. So give me give Netflix me the Miss Universe. He's he's uh, just if you ever if you ever want to be disappointed, just Google Rob Schneider plus anything and see what he says about things, and you're like, oh no. Oh, Dar- no. Darren Chris, Bretman Rock, a six versus Ooh. eleven. Oh, you know what? For the kids, I'm gonna say Bretman Rock. Bretman. I'm gonna make up immediately for I, my previous ignorance. I, I agree with that, but I, uh, I do encourage everyone to catch uh, Darren Chris and the latest Netflix show, Hollywood, is it? He's, he's fantastic. Oh, he's, he's wildly talented and a crypto Filipino, but a Filipino nonetheless. <laughs> crypto Filipino. Um, Manny versus Leia, we're on to the second round. All right, this is where I stand up for, for the musical as an institution. Manny, you've given me so much. You're responsible for my journalism career in some ways. But Leia Salonga is, is, I think, so underrated by every people everywhere. You've obviously um, not listened to the Manny Pacquiao albums. I'm going to send you every single track on Spotify. I, I, the sad part is that I've listened to way too many <laughs> Manny Pacquiao albums. Um, this, is, this is a tough one at the bottom of the bracket. Jordan Clarkson versus Joe Coy. Mmm. Five yeah, we'll go 13 seed. So uh, there is a screenshot on my computer that I have saved from the Washington Post, and it simply says Jordan Clarkson thinks dinosaurs were kept as pets by gigantic people. <laughs> and I know about that. for that reason, I'm gonna have to go Joe Coy. I'm sorry, George. Uh, well deserved. Well, that that that's that's all you need to say. I have Haley Steinfeld going up against Bruno Mars. Oh, tough. Bruno Mars. Girl, uh, Bruno Mars. Here. Um, and. Pia Wurtzbach going up against Bretman Rock. This is Bretman Rock's dream, by the way, to try and topple the Miss Universe. <laughs> you know what? Let's go Bretman Rock. Moment. Oh, Bretman Rock for that reason. For that Ooh, reason. I love it. Okay, conference Living finals. Living in the future. Conference finals. We've had uh, Manny Pacquiao and two Miss Universes knocked out already <laughs> in this bracket. Um, we have Lea Salonga and Joe Coy on one conference. Who you got? Leia Salonga. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Someone likes his Disney tunes. I know what you sing your daughter, Violet, to sleep at night. I know it now. I Um, get paid to do so. (laughs) Bruno Mars, Bretman Rock. 
Bradman, it's been a joy getting to know you over these last 30 minutes, uh, but, but Bruno Mars. And that brings us to the big finals. Uh, big musical finals. Ooh, Again, surprise. Tough. Surprise. Filipinos had to pick one Filipino that's world famous. We didn't pick Ooh. athletes or actors. Um, we picked musicians. Uh, Lea Salonga versus Bruno Mars. And this, again, is to help us win a bid in, let's say, 2021 <laughs> for us to host I don't know what. But as a country, we're putting our best foot forward here. All right. So very briefly, I was a child once and I loved musicals and I had a delusion at one point that I would be involved in them. And I remember I tried out, I auditioned for a role in Miss Saigon. You did? And I was going to be, um, I, I forget the character's name now, but yeah, the little kid who is the little kid. And oh, wow. I was rejected, Nico. <laughs> so for that reason, Lea Salonga, I, 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 we got to go Bruno. Bruno we just Mars. have to go Bruno. Bruno Mars, congratulations. You, together with Dave Batista, um, have won <laughs> the 2020 Lou Diamond Phillips replacement bracket as decided <laughs> by the authority, uh, Mr. Pablo Torre. That's, wow. That's a great job. That's a great job. Um, that is one of the greatest exercises I've ever gone through. Thank you. <laughs> it's been an honor. <laughs> I, I knew I was going to go on a call with someone who graduated from Harvard with honors, and um, that's what we came up with. Yo, man, I, I, I just want to, I want to apologize also, I guess, now that I realize that like Enrique Iglesias has some trace amounts, right? Like he's oh, theoretically um, in there too. Yeah, the, 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 the amigo has, was uh, berating me before we started uh, and told me to watch my effing mouth and put <laughs> some respect onto the, uh, the name of Enrique Iglesias because hero, he said, is a masterpiece and is perfect. Hmm. Mm. Didn't make our yeah, list though, because I mean, he insisted on Ewoks. That's what you get. That's right. I mean, look, to Enrique's credit, no one wears an open button-down shirt in front of a wind machine better than Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> and that, that's a Filipino thing. I will go to my grave believing that. So, yeah. So, sorry, Enrique. Sorry, Apple the app. Um, yeah. Sorry, sorry right. Arnel Pineda. Uh, oh, I was going to say Arnel. Ugh, Arnel. Yeah. I, yeah. I get you with the musicians, man. I get you with, with, the, big, with the big ballad singers here. Um, I, I, yeah. I know what to send you for Christmas. The, um, <laughs> the Manny Pacquiao album. Yeah, um, I was going to say more, more Pacquiao albums. Yes. <laughs> Pablo, it's been incredibly fun. Um, thank you for allowing us to steal some of your time. I know you're, you're incredibly busy from your studio, also known as um, your, your kid's um, crib room. Um, yes. But, but it's, it, it was in, incredibly fun. And, and please do know we are incredibly proud of you. Yeah, man. No, it, it really means a lot. And it's legitimately, um, yeah, my pleasure, man. I love this. And, and look, as someone who has... So many fond memories of buying bootleg DVDs at the Green Hills Mall and smuggling <laughs> them in my suitcase back to the United States of America before streaming or downloading things on high-speed internet was ever a thing. Um, I continue to pay back the debt to my homeland, so thank you. It's been fun. Um, I'll send you some DVDs of Manny's concerts and movies. <laughs> um, and, and may your Miss Saigon dreams eventually come true. Oh, I think the helicopter may have departed permanently, but I will, I will 
I will dream nonetheless. Thanks for making time, Pablo. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Absolutely. I want a million lives. I want a billion profits when all that I got is a villainous mind. I keep a real in the pocket while you hear the venomous lies. I do not speak like a prophet because I got a million styles. Let's see what's really inside. Pulling over in the whip. Flying out another.